Hello and welcome to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, with a big week in BC basketball, BC basketball, of course, playing very well. And, of course, the recent uh, commitment from four-star recruit uh, Jarius Hamilton. I thought it would be great to bring on Eric Hofsis, who covers uh, Boston College for uh, BC Interruption and has covered them as well in the past for Eagle Action on Rivals.com. We had a lively podcast. We talked about BC's success, uh, the season so far, who's played well, who needs to step up a little bit, and also the recruiting, the story, the inside look on how BC got Jairus Hamilton. So it was a great podcast. I hope you sit back and relax and enjoy it. also like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be part of the largest fan club on uh, the community, that's the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to get more details and to sign up. All right, first we'll hear from Chesta Hill Technologies and then Stone Lime Pizza and go right into the podcast with Eric Hofsis. As always, thank you so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, the calendar has changed to 2018, and now we're in full swing for basketball. Uh, and we're lucky enough to be joined by Eric Hofsis. He writes for BC Interruption, long-time coverage uh, writer for BC Basketball, big-time insider. First of all, Eric, thanks so much for joining us here. And, uh, you know, after January 1st, I feel like that's kind of like the time basketball takes off. Uh, the bowl game is over. And uh, just your general thoughts on BC Basketball so far. Well, I think so far, Mike, I mean, I, I think it's been a great season um, in, in terms of where, where you could have, you know, possibly dream this team would be right about now. I mean, obviously the win over Duke was big. Um, followed up by that performance then in Virginia, they didn't get a W, but um, it, it kind of did solidify that that this team can play with anyone in the ACC when they go down to Virginia and play them down at the buzzer. And uh, it was nice, nice last weekend to see them get that home win over Wake Forest. Uh, you know, only a six-point win, but I, I thought they kind of outplayed them a little bit more than that score indicated. And it's been a long time since we could kind of uh, count on this team to to get victories. Uh, the past several seasons, you know, I, I don't think I, I don't think we've really expected them to win many ACC games, no matter who the opponent is. And this year has a, a feels like a little bit different of a feeling like it, it, it just felt like that weight game like BC was the better team and they just weren't going to lose that game and, it, and it, it's nice to have that feeling again so hey it's it's uh the middle of January and um I, 
mean, I think he can le- legitimately talk about BC as a bubble team right now. There's a long way to go, lots of games to be played, but you won't find too many te- teams with BC's record that have a win over Duke like they do. So, I mean, at the moment, BC's in the discussion, and that, that's got to be exciting for people. Yeah, so BC 11-6, and six, uh, 2-3 and three overall in conference play. You know, kind of interesting stat, 9-1 and one at home and 1-4 and four on the road. And, Eric, we saw that last week with UNC, uh, a tough 30-point loss down in Chapel Hill. Yeah, and uh, I think Coach Christian kind of addressed it after the game and, you know, kind of questioned the team's effort. And th- that-, that was surprising to come out of this group. But, uh, you know, college basketball is a funny thing. It- it's really tough to win on the road in college basketball. And uh, you see that across the country. There's upsets all the time when, the- when these teams go on the road. So for a team like BC that, uh, you know, is kind of a – average ACC team, if they don't show up when they're on the road, it's going to get ugly, and that's what happened against North Carolina. So I think, I think you know, hopefully there's a lesson lesson learned there for BC because, uh, you know, if, if they're going to if they're gonna take that huge leap and somehow get into the tournament this year, they're going to have to figure out how to win on, on the road eventually. They've, they've missed a couple opportunities earlier in the year um, against Nebraska, against Providence, And you look, too, with BC, you know, Teddy Hawkins going down early in the year. I thought rebounding would be a major, major issue going forward. But BC, surprisingly, has survived pretty well uh, up until this game against North Carolina. And I feel like they, a little bit got exposed right then, especially with Hawkins being out. I don't know if you agree, but just your thoughts on the rebounding situation. Yeah, that's, you know, like you acknowledged, they were already a little a little shorthanded with, with Teddy and it was a better situation, obviously, but and now without them, uh, they're very thin up front, and especially rebounding. Um, you know, when they when they play a team like like North Carolina, uh, sometimes that's going to happen where they just get beasted on the boards like that, and uh, that, that's kind of that's one of the big reasons that Duke one was so surprising to me is I, I thought Duke was going to destroy them inside. BC actually held their own that game, so um, that that's definitely a concern going forward. Now, you know, not every team is built like North Carolina, where they they can throw you know multiple different guys six foot ten or over against you and will crash the boards like that. So uh, that's the good news, but yeah, it's it's a concern, especially when Pop gets in foul trouble. Like, they're just so thin up front that. Um, uh, that's something to watch out for, but I mean, I even even without Teddy uh, this year, you know, you look at the the Ken Palm rebounding stats, and you got BC 103rd in offensive rebounding in the country, which is pretty respectable, really, for how their roster is built. And even even allowing opponents to get offensive rebounds, they're 135th. So again, you know, top third in the country, and, and like I said, that's that's without Teddy for half the year, so. Uh, they, they've they've been a little better than I thought rebounding, actually, for kind of what the roster is made up of. 
How would you, Eric, how would you evaluate the guard play, especially Jerome Robinson, Kai Bowman, uh, so far this year? Just to take those two players. Oh, man, they've been, they've been amazing, as expected. Uh, it's been nice that Jordan Chapman's uh, stepped in with, with some offensive punch it as well. And um, one of the big t- takeaways for me is uh, how well Jerome Robinson is shooting from deep. Uh, he's around 47% this year, which... Uh, I think it's top 50 or top 75 in the whole country. He's That's just amazing. I mean, he's always been able to drive and kind of have that mid-range game, but now he's added that three-point arsenal. Uh, really good three-point shooter this year. I mean, he's been decent in the past, but, I mean, 47% is just an unbelievable clip, and he's been playing out of his mind lately. I mean, if he can uh, – you hope it's not just kind of a – kind of a hot streak for him i mean he's a great player but this is kind of like another level he's taking it to lately and if he he can keep that up the rest of the year this team really can you know compete with anyone out there when he's he's playing his his game at this level but uh, you know uh, not not surprisingly i mean the, the the concern and hope for taking this thing to the next level is getting some help. Uh, Chavin's helped at times with some scoring punch. Um, He's helped Bowman and Robinson a little bit. Um, But they they, they just need a little bit more from either Mitchell or Pop uh, more consistently because, you know, these Bowman and Robinson are going to be able to carry them, but, you know, two guys can only carry you so far if you really want to be, you know, a, a tournament or a bubble team. And then what's one player in your mind who's stepped up and had a really good so far first half of the year? And maybe what's one player who needs to kind of get going a little bit if you had to pick one off the BC roster? Uh, honestly, uh, I mean, we all knew Jerome Robinson was a really good player, but the way he's playing lately is he's taken it to a new level. So that uh, as of late, I've just been really impressed with what he's been doing and um uh, kind of on the flip side, I'm, I'm hoping Pop can uh, kind of turn it up here a little bit. You know, he's had, like last season, he's had flashes here and, here and there this year where he's played well. But, you know, they, they need to start getting more consistent play from him. You know, I, I feel like some nights he gives them something good and other nights it's almost uh, not even average. It's He gives them a negative on some nights. And, you know, he's shown he has a good skill set and he can compete in the ACC. So, I'd just like to see a little more consistency from him and kind of have his, you know, you, you call it uh, low floor, high ceiling. Um, i just like him to raise his floor up a little bit more. Like, even when he's off, I'd like to get a little bit more out of him than when you get when he has an off night. Because, like I said, when he has an off night, it's it's almost turning into a negative sometimes. And they, they can't get that from him. they got to at least get, you know, an average performance every night from him. And then any freshmen so far have stuck out to you? I know, I know we're still kind of early on, but any, anything happened in terms of the freshman class? Um, I mean, Stephon Mitchell's been a big surprise, and I, I didn't, you know, back in the summer and stuff, I didn't, I didn't expect him contributing as much as he has, but he's, he's done as, as good as he can filling in and being a starter. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone really expected that from him, but he's kind of brought his junkyard dog mentality and uh he's probably the best of the bunch right now um you know we've seen a little bit of luca and and baker here and there but probably not enough to make a good evaluation at this point 
And then we mentioned it, we were talking about it earlier, actually. During the broadcast of the UNC game, Tim Brando mentioned a possible hoops facility on the BC's campus. What would you latest you've heard about that, Eric, and maybe clear things up? Yeah, he, uh, Tim kind of uh, jumped the gun, I think, a little bit and got, got everyone all hyped up. And I you know, hate to be the bearer of, of uh, bad news, but um, I think everybody's just going to take a step back with the, the hoops facility right now. I mean, I, I wrote about it this week for BCI, but, um, I mean, a couple of the facts that we do know about it is um, – Martin Germain has a study underway right now to determine things like location, costs of the facility. So it's in the very infant stages of this whole thing. Um, no money has been raised for the basketball facility yet. Um, I mean, they're not even done fundraising for the football facility that's being built right now. Like, they, they still got a little ways to go with that. So they're not even going to touch this basketball project until the football funding is done. Um, so that, that's got to be completed first. And Kind of the big, the big uh, clue for me that this isn't, you know, nearly as close as Brando was hinting at that it, it would be done is, you know, the BC, co- the BC coaches don't even talk about this possible hoops facility with recruits or anything like that's kind of how far off this thing is. If if it was anywhere close, they'd be hyping this thing up and telling recruits all about it. But the coaches aren't saying anything about it to recruits right now. So. Um, definitely something that's being considered which is at least a step forward because that hasn't been the case um here in the past um and they are actually exploring it which again they haven't even bothered to do that in the past here at bc so that's a positive sign but uh just everyone's gonna pump the brakes a little bit we're still still pretty far off before we can start even thinking about this who's facility Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! But that was a great segue by you, talking about recruiting and future recruits. Obviously, big news for BC last week. A big four-star recruit, top 100 player, depending on what recruiting service you look at. But that's Jarius Hamilton uh, committed to Boston College. Just, if you don't mind, Eric, take us, give us the inside scoop, how it went down, and uh, what Hamilton likes about BC. Uh, you don't often see a four-star commit uh, to Boston College. No, you're right with that. In fact, as far as my research could tell, it was the first you know consensus top 100 guy they they got since Craig Smith. Um, you've had like guys like A.J. Turner or Kim Sanders and uh, other players like that, uh, Reggie Jackson, um, that, that in some publications were, were you know, fringe top 100 guys but not all of them but Hamilton was a consensus top 100 guy from any of these sites that you look at and uh, I mean you watch some videos of him and it's not hard to see why he's six foot seven he's long 
he can dribble. And uh, when I look at him, it's he's just a scoring machine. Um, he can take he can take larger players off the dribble and take them to the hoop and score on them. Um, he can take smaller players and post them up and, and score. And uh, on top of that, he's got a mid-range game. He can shoot the three as well. I mean, he, he's the total package scoring-wise on offense. Um, you know, I, I think I think as he gets to college, he'll have to learn the defensive end better, um, especially the size. You know, he has the potential to be a good defensive player, but that's an area of game where he has to work on. But, I mean... You can't ask for much more from the staff right now to to bring in uh, bring in a scoring wing like that. And God, if if Bowman and Robinson come back for for next season, pair with Hamilton, I mean they they could have something very very special going on here at BC. It's pretty exciting. So uh, big big congrats to uh, Coach Cheeks on that one. Um, he he pulled he he was the lead recruiter for Hamilton. You know. Up until this point, Scott Spinelli has been railing in the big fish here, recruiting-wise. I mean, he's he's recruited all of the best players on the team. So, uh, nice to see him get some help by uh, new assistant Chris Cheeks. That's uh, that, that's quite the recruit they scored right there. And uh, as was has been coming out um, the last few days, they'll get Hamilton's brother, a uh, transfer from Georgia Southern. Um, you know, doesn't come with the same same hype or anything like that but I mean hey BC can take any depth right now as you, as you see any depth they can get any guy that's played any level of division one I think they'll take as a, some depth on the bench at this point yeah Jared Hamilton Georgia Southern he's actually in school right now at BC so he might be practicing with the team uh, this semester uh, yeah, go ahead yeah, they, yeah any transfers uh, somebody asked me that the other day and yeah with transfers um, they they can they the only restrictions they have is they can't play in the games and they can't travel to the road games. So he's free to practice uh, with the team right now anytime he wants. Do you think that was kind of like a package deal, you know, uh, putting them together? Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like that. And, and if you're BC, that's a no-brainer. I mean, they BC doesn't have a lot of depth right now. So uh, uh, even bodies for practice, I mean, I think they, they'd take, they'd take uh, if they get any any guys from D1 to transfer there. So it's total no-brainer and a, a great a great move by by BC and the coaching staff. They deserve a lot of credit for this one. It, I mean, it's not it's not easy. As, as someone who uh, was heavily involved with following recruiting uh, in years past, I, I mean, I can tell you it's, it's very hard to rail in these top 100 kids when you don't have a program that's going to the tournament. If you don't have facilities, and also if the kid's not local and doesn't have a tie to the school, I mean BC doesn't didn't have any any of that going for them with this signing. So it's just it's pretty pretty remarkable, I gotta say. What do you think, Eric? Like you mentioned all that, those reasons not to go. What do you think Hamilton liked about BC that he elected to go to BC? What, what was it? it? Sounds like it sounds like he was uh, he was a big you know it was important for him that he's going to be the guy on a team and you know maybe he won't be right away with Bowman and Robinson but certainly after that he's going to be the focal point of the team so um, for what I hear that was important to him to play at a high level and be on a team where he was able to showcase his game as being the alpha dog and um, also it didn't hurt that BC was one of the schools that was willing to take his brother as well I, you know you look at the list and um, 
you know, when you talk about the powerhouse programs like Arizona, Duke, Kansas, some of these other programs that are recruiting them, I mean, they, they can get enough guys where they don't have to get involved in any kind of package deal with, you know, taking on his brother or anything. I mean, they're, those teams are too loaded where they can they can tell Hamilton to take Ike and they don't, they don't have to, you know, get involved with any of that. So that's one bit, thing BC definitely had going for it, but they have plenty of room to bring them aboard as, as we know, they, they need depth and, and uh, that, that'll help. Do you think a lot of times we see the floodgates start open where a recruit like this starts getting other recruits to come? And that's how you really build a program. Do you think there's a potential here with BC of other younger kids coming up now, seeing Hamilton uh, committing to the Eagles? Um, I think so, especially if they see him do it on the court. Um, that's, I mean, that's uh, the other big thing will be will also be how Robinson Bowman uh, kind of their careers pan out. Like if. if one or both of them make the NBA. I mean, that's that's one of the things going against Christian right now. I, I know is some players and their coaches and stuff say, well, who have you who have you developed in the NBA talent? And you know, Christian really hasn't been at many stops big enough to actually do something like that. Um, you know, you don't get the kind of guys in the MAC most of the time, and even TCU that you're going to be able to turn into NBA guys. So that's kind of the next step is. Being able to him being able to show that he can churn talent and mold it into NBA talent, and uh, that's kind of going to be the next step in this whole thing to take recruiting to the next level. And how do you just to look ahead in the future? If you just your prediction, how, how long does Robinson stay, Bowman stay with the program in Chapman, and is there any chance Teddy Hawkins stays with the program next year? Which is what's your take in the future, the next one two okay. years? Um, so Teddy Hawkins. I think I think people are going to have to, um, you know, stop, uh, stop, you know, wishing. Well, they they, could, they don't have to stop wishing, but uh, I, I wouldn't be too optimistic that he's going to be back. It's going to be tough for him to get that sixth year from the NCAA. Um, I, I did write about it on BCI this week in my mailbag, but I mean, basically, he's going to have to get a waiver for the year that he was. Um, ruled as a non-qualifier and that's going to be hard to do because he, he basically my understanding is he has to prove that Wichita State, the school he originally signed with, gave him bad advice to attend a prep school and it, it's a pretty long story but it's the odds aren't good he's going to get the sixth year or so and even if he does um, <coughs> excuse me um, you know there's no, there's no t- he, he might be able to secure some kind of contract in Europe or something so it, it, the odds are long that he'll be back, but um, Robinson and Bowman are interesting. You know, there there have been NBA scouts that have checked them out in practices and in games, and I, I don't. I, I've checked out some of the uh, evaluation sites, and none of them kind of have those guys a consensus first round pick. But uh, it's something to watch for with Robinson right now at the moment because, it, like I said, the way he's been playing lately. Um, the last couple of weeks, if if he were to bring that kind of performance every night here on out, um, I think he'd definitely start showing up on some uh, NBA radars as a possible draft pick. Of course, the good news is if he does perform like that the rest of the way, then this might turn into a special season. So, um, Bowman, um, you know, last year there was a lot of hype surrounding him, and uh, 
he, he's had a nice season, but he, he still has to be gain some more consistency. Uh, I think I think people are still, you know, NBA scouts at least still kind of holding back on him to kind of see what's the next step he takes. And then lastly, Jordan Chapman. How do you see him? He's transferred from BYU. Um, where does he stand in that? I know he's getting his master's, I believe, or his MBA right now at BC. Yeah. Um, well, Zach Spears had reported that you know he talked to Chapman and he he was all in for coming back next year. As, as you alluded to, though, he he doesn't he doesn't have to stay. But uh, I I mean I I haven't talked to Chapman about it, but. You have to imagine if the team is at least halfway decent next year and everyone's coming back and, and Hamilton's joining the program and Winston Tabs, another guy we haven't talked about, but another nice recruit that BC scored for next year. Uh, I would have to think he wants to just at least stick around and, and see what happens next year. But, uh, yeah, according to Spears, Chevin says for now at least that he will be back next year. But as you acknowledge, it is a concern with some people, you know, if uh, – Eventually, he's going to want to start making some money, uh, you know, in his prof- professional um, business career. I think Spears said he wanted to. Go, he was planning on moving to Asia eventually and being involved in basketball in some sort of capacity. But um, yeah, it's it's in the words of Ted Sarandis, wow, if they can get Robinson, Bowman, Hamilton, and uh, Chapman all, all back next year and and have Winston Tabs coming in as well. Yeah, that's that. That'll be the big balancing act. You're right. I think that'll be the big story over the summer to see how this all plays out. Uh, last two questions, um, Eric. Before we let you go, your general take on the ACC and just college basketball in general now in January this season so far. Well, yeah, the the ACC. Um, it's been interesting. Um, I, I think it still comes with all of the hype, but. Uh, yeah, so far watching the games, uh, I don't I don't know if it's as strong as it's been in years past because I don't know if they have as many lead dogs at the top that can really compete for a national title. Um, Duke, obviously, if if they can put things together, is is a contender. But um, you know, North Carolina, I don't I don't really think they're built to make a long run this year. And uh, some of the other some of the other big teams. Um, you know, Clemson, Miami, good squads, but I don't, I don't know if they're built for a really long haul in the tournament. Louisville is Syracuse, obviously good programs, but not quite up to snuff as what they've been in years past. And Notre Dame with the Bonzi Colson injury, um, who knows where they're going to be when he comes back. So, um, you know, I, I think the ACC is deep like it usually is, but just I, I don't know about it being as top-heavy as, it has been in past years, which is probably good news for BC. Um, and college hoops in general, um, just it's been pretty exciting. Uh, you know, the for for people that are junkies like me, you know, the Big Twelve is a great watch right now. That every night it's a gauntlet there. They, they they don't really put a bad team on the court, so that's fun to watch. And uh, if people haven't checked them out yet, um, Trey Young at Oklahoma is just a much watch he uh, you can't even describe the guy's game um it's almost like steph curry but a unbelievable passer on top of that it's it, he's fun to watch if you haven't checked out trey young in oklahoma yet i, I know most of you have ever heard of him but if you haven't checked him out yet check it out because he'll he'll take a game that you don't care about you, you'll want to watch it just to watch that guy 
Well, Eric, well said, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have to check back in with you in come March, in a couple months, see where BC stands and the rest of college basketball. But uh, thank you so much for joining us here, kind of a mid-season update, and uh, after the Hamilton announcement, a lot of excitement uh, surrounding BC basketball. You got it. Take care, Mike. Okay, thank you. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Love and's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go! Eagles. Well, thanks once again to Eric Hofsis for joining us here on the Lights Camera Sports Podcast, presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. Like to remind everybody, if you're interested in advertising on the podcast, just email Lights Camera Sports Ads at gmail.com. That's Lights Camera Sports Ads, ADS, at gmail.com. Also, like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com for more details and to sign up. All right, this is Mike Galtieri signing off. We'll see you again next week.